0: The patriarch Abraham is considered our father in faith. It is his name that begins the genealogy of Jesus that the folks at the 4 p.m. were very grateful I did not read. (laughs) And for the time of Abraham onwards, from Abraham on down, our God sought to enter into relationship with his people. He conversed and interacted with them in all sorts of various ways. Whether it was the burning bush with Moses, fire and clouds in the desert, voices from the heavens, and great happenings of land, sea, and nature. All of these great interactions with the human race, though, reach their fulfillment and pinnacle in our celebration tonight. When God does not just speak to us through a cloud or through thunder or lightning, He reveals Himself as a person, as one of us, where we don't just know about him, we get to truly know him. The child born for us tonight, our Lord Jesus Christ, is the fullness of God's revelation to the world. If we want to know who God is, we can now look to someone, namely Jesus Christ and no one else. God reveals himself as one of us. Truth, goodness, and beauty itself is now a person, has become a human being. But why did God change his way of interacting with us? Why would God do something so drastic and change up his game, so to speak? Why would he shift from talking to us through clouds and burning bushes to now becoming a human being? It's as if God said to himself, and now for something completely different. Well, the answer to that question, brothers and sisters, is because what God was doing wasn't really working for us. Every time he would reach out to humanity, so to speak, we would respond for a time and then fall away, sometimes being even more unfaithful than before. All of those instances of God in the Old Testament interacting with his people wasn't having a real effect in us. And the Old Testament is filled with stories of fervor followed by a fall. We could argue that as a human race, we've been running on a hamster wheel, not making any progress. So our God tries something different, completely and totally different. Rather than acting in grandiose episodes, he decides to become one of us and take on our nature and become a human being himself. This idea, this reality, is beautifully described in some words from the medieval theologian William of Santieri, where he says that God, from the very beginning of time, saw that his grandeur provoked resistance in man that we somehow felt limited in our being and threatened in our freedom when God would bombastically make his presence known. so he continues, Therefore, God chose a new way. He became a child. He made himself dependent and weak and in need of our love. It is as if this God says to us, You can no longer fear me. You can only love me. You can no longer fear me. You can only love me. I would argue, brothers and sisters, that for too long, humanity viewed our God as something to contend with, rather than someone to love. And who better, who better to initiate this shift than a newborn baby? It's so disarming to hold a little one in your arms. It evokes the opposite of fear. Because a child only asks for our love. That's all he or she wants at the end of the day. To be loved, cared for, and have a place in our hearts. And if those things happen, so many other things will flow from it. And brothers and sisters, our God is the same way. At Christmas, we realize that all he asks of us is our love. Same thing that a small baby would ask if he or she could. Our God wants a relationship with us, not fear. He wants our tenderness, not our confrontation, our affection, not our aggression. The pathway to the Son of God, brothers and sisters, is one of unconditional love of God And of our neighbor. And yet it always seems that this love is the most difficult thing for us human beings to understand. And so often I think we almost have an adversarial relationship with God and with faith. Because we see it as something that threatens our autonomy or intimidating to our ego. But that is not who our God is, brothers and sisters. Tonight we see God as he truly is. Tonight at least. He is a child to love. There's no place for fear or intimidation when the newborn king is before our eyes. And no place for those emotions in our relationship with our God. Now, this child will challenge us, for sure. Because to give this child a place in our hearts is to evict that which is sinful, that which is earthly, and that which is broken. And to let go of these things for a humble child is not easy. Sometimes we can feel threatened by that. But honestly, brothers and sisters, it's not us who is threatened. It is our sins. That's who's doing the talking there. And if we but remove those things, then our lives will ultimately love God and love neighbor even more. And really that is the purpose of this feast of Christmas. A better love for our God who makes himself visible and personal. So over the next day or so, brothers and sisters, I maybe want to ask you to do something. Spend time either tonight and tomorrow, maybe just you, and gaze at the nativity scene. Hopefully you have one in your house. But gaze at that manger and gradually fix your eyes on the baby in the center. Fix your eyes on the crib. And see the God who loves us so much that he would become one of us. A God who responds to the worst of humanity by becoming an infant child. And maybe we can ask ourselves in that moment of beholding, what does God want us to cast aside so that the tender and simple love of the Christ child can enter into our lives? Maybe it's a resolve to pray every day. Just take about 10-15 minutes or so and talk to the God who loves us in the silence of our hearts. Or maybe it's a, a, a call to go to the sacrament of reconciliation. Say, Lord, I know I sin, I know I fall, but I want to love you better. Or maybe it's a resolution to spend time in Eucharistic adoration. Time with our beloved, beholding him face to face today, brothers and sisters, we celebrate the coming of a God who lowers himself and makes himself little and frail so that we can love him with more tenderness, affection, and joy. And that is maybe the best way that you and I can celebrate this feast of Christmas, to increase our love for our God who comes to earth this day. So let us respond to our God with our love and our affection and an open heart to this newborn child born to us today, who wants not our fear and trepidation, but our charity and our kindness.